Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, a coronation calamity as monarchists turn off the ABC. Channel 9 plays hardball with the stars of Married at First Sight. And was TV's new measurement system, Voz, worth the wait? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight and welcome to another big edition of TV Black Box. TV presenter David Robinson is in the house. G'day, Robbo. G'day there, Robbie. Thanks for having me again. Well, well it's a week-by-week proposition. Yeah, I'm aware of that, yeah. <laughs> but thanks for having me back then. <laughs> TV Black Box producer Abby Mickelson is also here. Hello, Abby. Hello, Rob, and I'm recording on Kuringai land tonight and would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal people of this land and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Aren't they lucky? And Tim Burrows no. from Unmade. Wouldn't say so. <laughs> and Tim Burrows from Unmade is filling in for Mog tonight. Hello, Tim. Hey, hey! How are you? Greetings from uh, I'm back on Gadigal land for once. I'm 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 hovering high above Railway Square in in Sydney, looking down from my hotel room and hoping that there aren't too many fire engine sirens going past <laughs> as there have been for the last few minutes. No, but. and Tim in a hotel room. What did he decide to do? Play with the lighting, and it's a disco behind him. So it's a funky hotel that has <laughs> yeah, disco yeah, lights. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> it is. I'm just terrified. I'm not going to be able to switch them off again, though, and I'll have to sleep with them all night. (laughs) Well, you're a rager from way back. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. You've been very badly informed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we begin, begin, okay, before we begin, I actually want to do a tip of the hat to Channel 10 and the way they've handled the death of MasterChef judge Jock Zonfrillo. It's been a big week for them having to make a lot of decisions. And Robbo, I thought every decision 10 made along the way from holding the show back for a week, involving Jock's family, the beautiful tribute they did on the project, and actually making the decision to air the show. A big tick from me on every decision they've made. And it's been really sensitive, which is the great thing. Mm. They've obviously put forward that there is a commercial, you know, uh, ideas behind it that they need to keep uh, the show on, as we heard from Mock last week. It's too much of an investment not to put the show to air, uh, but they've done it in the right way, especially involving the family. That's the best way to do mm. it because you get um, everyone on side then because if they were to do it and there was any kind of idea that the, that the family wasn't really into it, they'd lose the case, they'd lose mm. the fight. Uh, but to keep them on side and to have their blessing, I think makes it more special. Um, I did find it interesting. I don't know if you saw the reports, I'm sure, you did where they're apparently combing through the episodes to make sure that there is nothing in there that could be misconstrued um or you know tied back to his untimely death which i think is also important so they seem to really crossing the t's dotting the i's and they've done a really good job with this it's very tough 
Yeah, as Kylie Minogue would say, 10 out of 10 to 10. Great new song. Of yours. <laughs> I love it. Maybe. No, it's a great promo. No, you, Kylie's got a new song now called 10 Out of 10. Oh, I thought it was and an 80s promo. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I, I actually thought 10's got to buy this up and use it, mm. surely. You know. But haven't they anyway. had one before where they go, it's 10 out of 10 with 10? I'm sure they've had that before. No, it was 10 out of 10, <laughs> Australia. Oh, Australia, that's it, we yes. give you 10. 10 out of 10. We give you 10 out of 10, Woo! Australia. We give you 10. This is That's why crazy. I regret not growing up in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, is a difference great. between those who were born here and those who flew here. <laughs> <laughs> and you've just summed it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always a good thing. All right. Well, speaking of 10, there's good and bad news for 10 and its parent company, Paramount Global, on the financial front. Tim's unmade newsletter has revealed the company is back in the black, but its owners took a hammering, revealing its first quarter loss came to nearly $1.12 billion. Yes, billion with a B. Look, I'm a content guy, so I always appreciate Tim Burrows coming in when there's financial discussions. Tim, all of this takes place as Seven looks to slash 15 to 20 million in cuts. What is the state of play for the networks on the financial front at the moment? There's, uh, I guess there's the short term and there's the long term and then there's also looking back. And of course, with financial accounts, we're looking backwards. So let's maybe start there. One of the things you're referring to there, Rob, is um, uh, the, the the full year accounts for Network 10, which um, uh, because they're not an ASX listed company, they get to file them a lot later with the regulator. That's, that's just how it works if you're not on the ASX. So what we're actually talking about is the full year for 2021. We, we, we don't yet have the numbers for 2022. So, uh, so remember that before they... before that, in the previous year, Tim, they were in the red by, I think it was 35 million or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Well, in fact, they they in in this most recent set of accounts, they then sort of restated that number, which is is nothing stra- strange. That often happens, you know, when kind of when when things settle. So, so in the end, the number for twenty twenty was a very small underlying profit of twenty million. Uh, no, tell a lie of ten million, which um which in, in TV terms for a company that's turning over you know seven or eight hundred million is 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 almost nothing um and then for 2021 that improved to just over 100 million so what we are seeing is you know even if you're a tv network that's in third place that's still a pretty profitable business to own Mm. so it's still possible particularly if you control costs to run that sort of business profitably which is great news um because they've obviously been doing that they're getting back into the black in a big way. So we would imagine that the following year we'll have more growth. What about seven and these these 15 to 20 million of cost cutting they're doing? Is that because the market's soft? What is the thinking behind that? Yeah, the market is definitely softening for, for, for most forms of media, including television. Um, so we saw um, one of the kind of uh, calendar events of the year is the the Macquarie Conference, where all of the media owners um, kind of come out and spruik their wares to the investment community. So we saw um, an update from, from, from Seven included within that. Which mentioned that yeah things are things are effectively softening, but they they balanced it out, uh, which is what why their their share price didn't fall away too badly by revealing some cuts because that's the weird thing you know investors like cuts because it means they're you know at least in the short term going to be more profitable. Uh, obviously, if 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 you're somebody who's worried 
about your job you might feel differently but um but yeah so it it's a bit of a signal about where the tv market is going um nine had a similar update and that was pretty much the numbers were where they'd expected them to be um and again you know 10 don't need to give that sort of update because they have a global owner so that 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 owner updates globally um so we don't get as much visibility as to, you know in the immediate kind of term of where 10 is at but um as you were kind of referring to rob um we we, we did have a bit of a global update from paramount um in the last few days and it didn't go well did it the paramount update showed a lot of problems with paramount plus it didn't increase subscribers um in in, a, in any significant way, and Wall Street punished Paramount as such. Is Paramount Paramount Plus? Sorry, is Paramount Plus sustainable? Yeah, look, I I, I watched the or rather listened to the investor call because sort of on the quarterly one they don't do the full kind of TV production thing. It's just listening to the audio. So uh, so Bob Backish, the boss of Paramount, was kind of leading that call, and I I've enjoyed listening to him over the years because he's an old school tv guy <laughs> he's got a bit of razzmatazz but he kind of sounded a little bit more subdued more more than i'm used to on this one and the oh. the main piece of news really he was giving was that um that yeah the 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 the, the revenues from television and particularly their international arms which of course does include australia uh was 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 down so that was one of the reasons for their profit coming in a bit below where everybody expected. And of course, still investing in Paramount Plus. So because he's a TV salesman, lots of, you know, lots of good news to share as well about growth here and there. So it, it, it was one of those kind of mixed things, but it felt a bit like they're just beginning to worry about, they've got very, very high levels of debt. So um, that, that becomes a bit of an issue as we move into a kind of sort of higher interest rate environment around the world, which we've got at the moment. You know, if you've got, if you've got a big debt, then suddenly those in, the, the, the payments start blowing out with the interest rates. So it felt like that was the change of time, that suddenly it's time to stop talking about investing in streaming and start talking about uh, a route to growing profitability, which is something we've seen from all of the streamers recently. Paramount Plus is god-awful, and that's why people don't want it. No one's signing up to it because it's rubbish. The player is rubbish. There's nothing to entice you to go to it. I wasn't shocked at all when this news came out. I, I, would, be, I would be shocked if they said that it was profitable or growing. It's just not a very good streamer, especially, I think, in such a crowded market. There's nothing there for you. Yeah, I suppose one thing I'd argue about at least the the experience of, of of the Paramount Plus out, and I I agree, I find it really buggy as well, is certainly something I've sort of noticed over the last two or three years is they all keep jumping past each other. You know, so, someone has yeah. like the oldest one in the market and it feels a bit buggy and, you know, behind the scenes they're working on it. So I... I I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they they update that global platform and suddenly mm. improves. Yeah. And of course, that is the problem for 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 ten locally as part of this global group is they're relying on whatever goes on at you know Paramount in mm. uh, out of the US for for the tech side of things, which is is great when it works. And hey, you know Pluto TV is pretty good, mm. but um, the, the, the 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 which is the free free version of streaming with this ad supported but yeah paramount plus at the moment it, it you know i tend to agree with you it's it's one of the more sort of frustrating ones just with bugginess well also don't get 
started on my Foxtel Go, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, I don't mind Foxtel Go, but anyway, um, there is a lot of talk about Paramount Plus not being a uh, sustainable streaming service that may have to merge with someone else. We will see what happens. History was made over the weekend with the coronation of Prince Charles as the new King of England. Millions around the world were glued to their TVs, but not everyone was happy with what they saw. The ABC is being slammed for its coverage, which included a panel discussion some have deemed disrespectful and inappropriate. Here's some of what Q&A host Dan Grant had to say on that panel. It's not our continuity, it's not our tradition, it's not our stability. You know, the Australia that Julian spoke about there, the Australia with an Indigenous heritage, a British foundation and the migrant richness of the migrant experience is a lovely idea. I don't know where that Australia is. We haven't lived in that Australia. There is no Indigenous foundation, Indigenous heritage to Australia. Australia sought to erase the Indigenous heritage. We weren't at the, at the Federation um, discussions. We weren't at the table. We weren't sharing in power. Indeed, we weren't counted when the Constitution was written. That special aired from five o'clock on the day of the coronation leading up to the ABC's coverage. The conversation focused on the impact colonisation had on Indigenous Australians. While some commended the ABC for acknowledging Australia's histories, others slammed it as propaganda. The Australian Monarchist League is filing a formal complaint to the ABC board, but the ABC have defended their coverage, saying the role of the national broadcaster is to facilitate conversations that reflect the diversity of views in the community. Abby. Mm. I can't wait. <laughs> mm. Do you know what? Yeah. Everything you're saying, true. Yeah. Right? And fair enough to have that conversation. There's a coming. There is a big but. But how idiotic of the ABC to put that in the lead up to the coronation as people are starting to tune in. They're getting home on a Saturday, turning on their TV to watch the the pictures from the UK live. And what happened? Well, ABC viewers went, fuck off, and turned it off and went to seven and nine. The ABC, mm-hmm. which should have won the ratings on a night like this, struggled. Mm. I think that says more about the Australian public than it does about the ABC. Uh, no, can you please stop just calling the Australian public racist? <laughs> you know what? There are some times where you want to have a big conversation, you know, and you want to discuss yep. the intricacies of diversity and all that kind of stuff. And there's sometimes you just want to watch a king get crowned and enjoy the bloody party. But when, like, people saying this was an inappropriate time for it this was. conversation, it. It's the exact time for this. Like, you want to have the conversation in three or four weeks when no one cares no, anymore? No, Stan Grant did it on Monday night again. No problems. You well, know, you like know every Actually, episode of Q&A is about how he'd been done wrong. You oh, know, my God. Like, okay, well, well, that's I'm, what Q&A has become, to be honest. But anyway. How dare he? Um, no, I don't even have a problem with that. People will choose to watch it or not. The day the coronation is happening, it is completely inappropriate for the ABC to do that. I actually think it would be inappropriate for the ABC to... Do not do that, oh, considering they're Jesus. meant to be considering they're meant to be impartial. The, like just showing the coronation as it is is a completely one-sided view of an argument. And if we want the ABC to be impartial, they have to present the other side of that argument. I also think that 
I wish I had known the ABC was doing this because I actually would have watched it because I intentionally didn't watch any coverage because it was so just, oh, we love the king, and there was none of this conversation happening. Yeah, so it's appealing and to it's appealing pe- to people like you who aren't going to watch the coronation, which is why the ABC lost ratings. Someone should be fired for doing this, Tim, because mm-hmm. it is a bad programming decision. Well, in the in the absence of Mark, I guess I better disagree with you a bit, Rob. Um, I, 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 I'm sitting looking at the cold hard facts, which are yeah. the ratings. Um, the the big the biggest show of the night. This was in the total TV, so both broadcast years. TV and streaming was seven years. But second was the ABC's coverage. It no, did outrage. That's not the figures I saw. Well, I the, saw the, seven's coronation coverage as number one, nine's as number two, and ABC, which had like fifty thousand broken up pieces, then flowed through. Well, as the facts now stand, and it might be that, of course, they've, 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 they've corrected for times, and this is individual shows, and, of course, everyone schedules it differently. We've got ABC, the coronation of King Charles, coming in for total TV. So this is Metro, Regional, and BVOD at 1.182, which is not that far ahead, but a little bit ahead of 7, which was just under 1.1. And then 9 was actually a fair way back um and then 10 was even further back again so um but to your to your main point i must admit i kind of tuned in out of curiosity got to the abc and it wasn't what i was looking for in the night so i i i i, I did then tune across although i must admit i lasted about 10 minutes and then went and got an early night so i could early for the Formula One the next morning, so I missed the whole lot. Let's have a point of difference, though. Um, This is good programming, I think, because it is something different and it represents what the ABC is all about, and that is showing both sides of the argument. If it's not tonight, then when is it? You don't have to do it. That's like coming to someone's party, kissing their boyfriend, slapping them across the face and spewing in their pot plant. Did the boyfriend take over the other person's land and dispose of them and kill them? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've got the hang of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's good programming. So uh, Tim said that he was going in and looking for something, and it wasn't that. It wasn't this glitzy kind of glamorous kind of romantic royals. It was something that was different and good programming. That's another alternative to what the and other ones were throwing he turned it off up. because he wanted to see the coronation. He turned off the coronation when he actually saw it as well, so he no. didn't want anything. <laughs> Sorry. Tim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you speak, but <laughs> we had, I had a better video. No, um, <laughs> the... What I'm saying, Robbo, is that my takeout from Tim was that he went to the ABC to have a look, saw this programming disaster, and then went, oh, no, I'm off to the other network because this is not what I want. Tim, is that what you meant? (laughs) Yeah, look, the the thing is, I think... Uh, I, I I find myself sort of speaking both as a viewer and someone thinking about programming in two different ways. As a viewer, that was exactly my reaction, was after about five minutes. It's like, well, I'm actually here to watch the coronation, not to yep. watch people, you know, talk, talk about the alternate point of view. So flicked across. But then, you know, was fickle enough not to stick with it anyway. But as a as a journalist, you know, I'm I'm kind of... I, I, I think I am behind that argument that, you know, if not now, when? Oh, in During the week, during no, that's tomorrow. That's literally the perfect time to discuss it because that is when no, no. everyone is discussing it. Do you know it. what? What you're playing to 
are people like you, Abby, who aren't interested in a coronation. You're not actually playing to the people who are going to the ABC and saying, I want to watch the coronation. You can have that chat as much as you like, but from a programming point of view, and I accept the figures Tim's given us in the in the VOS, fine. I would imagine that's people so who weren't watching So should someone still it. be fired if well, they won the ratings? I think so. To be honest, by what, because by what, what stretch I would put, of the imagination? Well, well, hear me out. What I would put it down <laughs> to is that people missed the five o'clock schmozzle and came in during oh the evening God. to watch the coronation because it didn't really kick off until later anyway. Mm. But the point being that from a purely programming perspective, who is this tailoring to except the lefty lovies at the ABC so they don't cop another nasty letter from Stan Grant saying, I'm appalled at the ABC's coverage of this event. There was no alternative view. Have the alternative view around it like on other days, but at 5 o'clock leading up to the main event when you're literally getting live pictures out of Westminster Abbey, that is not the place to be having this conversation. We want to, as viewers, enjoy the spectacle. The only thing I think they did wrong was not promoting it as that because if they had promoted yeah. it as that, I actually would have watched it. <sighs> My question for you, though, Rob, is fired? That seems like yeah, a bit of an oh overreaction. Mr. <laughs> cancel culture. Like, what is yeah, happening? Yeah, you know what? I... I may have just been going a bit over the top there. I will retract it. (laughs) I just, do you know what? No, you're right. People don't have to be fired, but it's just stupid. Like it's just, it's a a fight the ABC didn't need to have. And the ABC are in their bunker always saying, everybody picks on us. They all pick on us. We're the ABC. You know, this is why. It's idiotic decisions like this. But it's their job. I agree with Abby. It's not their job to be fucking idiots. It's their job to provide impartiality. And represent the entire community of Australia. And some people agree with it and some people don't. The ABC does that really, really well. But when you are focused on one event, that would be, okay, next Mardi Gras, next year in the Mardi Gras, an hour before the parade, let's have a conversation with conservative Australia saying <laughs> being gay is outrageous, celebrating this de- I think these targeting degenerates. targeting a marginalised group is a little different than targeting the royal you family. You can't have it both ways. You can. I uh-huh. think no, those no, are two very different things. There's got to be impartiality. The ABC has to give both sides of the view. So if it's okay to do that in the coronation... It's okay to do it in Mardi Gras and have conservative voices saying how outrageous it is that this event is taking place. I believe your argument there, Rob, is known as false equivalence. Mm. Uh, No, you can't do that. It is. It's not the same thing. You, You guys move the goalposts. No, it's I'm okay just... when we're bashing royalty or people on the right, but as soon as, oh no, as soon as we're talking about a, a marginalised group, group. Yeah. <laughs> which I agree with. <laughs> The royals and, like, the gay community are not on the same level in society. They both have queens, though. But you're talking about <laughs> impartiality, Abby. Yeah, you're and the ABC does air homophobic views. The cast of Married at First Sight <laughs> didn't hold back this year when it came to leaks and spoilers. Oh, yes, I'm Good moving segue. on. And now they have copped an angry email from Channel 9 about their social media activity. While contestants are typically prohibited from using social media throughout the show and in the two weeks following, the ban was extended this year to allow the show to air in the UK. But that hasn't stopped the brides and grooms from posting regularly on TikTok and even receiving brand deals. 
So Dramatic has released the email sent from Nine asking contestants to delete the content and make their accounts private. But multiple cast members have told So Dramatic they don't care and will continue posting. <laughs> and Robbo, that's actually led to Channel Nine not giving back. Instagram accounts. Which I love this because they're being punished like little children that they are. <laughs> it is so beautiful. Um, and the idea that, that, that people have been saying that, oh, you know, I'm missing out on deals because they can't get in contact with me. They're not contacting you, mate. You're just hoping that you're going to get a deal. <laughs> what a load of absolute rubbish. If only my Instagram DMs were open, I'd be all over the place with all these brand deals and we're just, we're missing out on work. What work? What, what who are we? No, rubbish. Absolutely ridiculous. They should be happy that it's happening and they're going to the UK. As in the show is not them. Um, I, this is ridiculous. I think Channel Nine's done the right thing, and I, don't, I thought the email didn't go far enough. I think you could be far more forceful with these morons uh, than you, than yeah, they were. I thought it was quite threats. light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, look, it's give and take on both sides, isn't it? You know, like Nine knows what they're getting. This is not people looking for love. This is people looking for fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, uh, trying to open an OnlyFans account, oh. and of course they're going to leak, and of course they're going to try and cash in before they become next year's nobodies. Yeah, that's I right. d- yeah, and like I get it from that point because, and also Nine can't be too surprised with this because when they're casting, they're also poaching people from social media. So to yeah. then freak out that these people are wanting to use their socials but i do think it was a little bit rough to have them sign on initially yes they signed a contract agreed to social media things the two week or the extra extension for it to air in the uk seems to have been something that they were told about after the fact which i don't think is overly fair to then expect them to abide by that but mm. I think in general this season they just didn't care. They were leaking everything. They were spoiling everything. <laughs> and, like, it actually, as a viewer and as a big fan of that show, it did take away from the show a little bit because you were seeing who was still together before the show was even finished. So I think there needs to be stricter measures put in place to prevent that from happening because I think it's to the detriment of the show overall. The problem is there's not really a lot Nine can do. Yeah, they can threaten them with legal action but really at the end of the day but say for for future seasons they could protect that more right in the contracts oh it's in the contracts you know and they do take over their social media accounts it's just they open new ones and leak Mm. stuff yeah that's the problem coming up bluey gets censored was tv's new measurement system voz worth the wait and we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the tv binge box 
Uh, I just need to do some exercise. Tell me about it. <sighs> the scene was criticised by paediatric dietitians and child psychologists claiming it sent the wrong message to young audiences. The episode has actually been re-edited and republished, removing the controversial scene in its entirety. An ABC spokesperson has said the new version provides families with the opportunity to manage important conversations in their own way. Abby, defend mm. this. Um, the rate of eating disorders among children under 12 oh has increased. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're actually defending this. Can Why I just can't... say, because I saw you tweet about this and so I knew what side you were going to oh. be on. I think we should be listening to the professionals and this, this isn't just people sitting around on Twitter going, I'm offended by this. That's not what this is. This is people, the head of knowledge, research and policy at the Butterfly Foundation, fellow, a research fellow at Deakin University Centre for Social and Early Emotional Development, these are people who specialise in this area and when we have eating disorders among children under 12 having increased by 119% since 2020, that's really alarming and there is a lot of evidence now that proves that conversations from parents about their weight have a really negative impact on children. And so shows like this that I, I, I don't have an issue with this at all, I actually commend them on listening and adapting it. But Abby... Mm. The scene depicted a overweight dad. Mm. He wasn't talking about kids having to exercise and be mm. thin. We're talking about a health issue mm-hmm. where people should be exercising. For God's sake, I'm even but, exercising now. It's, but it's it's not. It doesn't matter that it's not the kids who are being depicted depicted as overweight, and it was the dad. There is so much research now that shows that parents discussing their own weight has such a negative impact on children. And so, an episode like this and a scene like this has a real, real risk of affecting these kids in a way that they're going to develop disordered eating. And I think that we shouldn't be so, sitting so here going, "Oh, this of will have the, no of impact." Of the millions of kids who watch Bluey, we hmm. think. They're all going to develop e- Not eating disorders. Not saying they're all, but I'm saying some, and that's enough to change it. Why does it affect mm. you that it's been changed? Like, I just think because we need to listen pandering. to the experts. It's pandering to, experts. to the woke brigade to who are like, oh, I could be offended by that. And it's even these researchers, they're not basing that research, that decision that that should be removed on research. They're basing yes, they it on are. their own opinion. <laughs> the opinions and data and statistics of Hang experts. on, you can't have data saying that scene's going to lead to childhood You can have data talking issues. about what conversations lead to health issues. Absolutely you can, and there is a lot of it. But aren't we worried that we're going to sanitise life if we Everything. keep kind of removing all of these issues that happen? Now, I can bet you that this conversation happens in every Australian home every day in various ways, mm. that the dad goes, oh, I'm getting too fat, or the mum goes, mm-hmm. I'm too fat, I've got to get skinny. How oh, are we? My kids tell me not to eat something out of the fridge. They're like, Dad, you've got to exercise, oh. you've got to get healthy. No, no, that's yeah, fat shaming. That. I don't agree with that. That's fat shaming. <laughs> get just, those kids out. Really Cancel nuanced, the kids. It's a really nuanced conversation, and it's not... It's just, it it's, it's will cause harm, and it has been said by professionals and experts that it will cause harm, so I don't think any of us are in any position to sit here and go, no, it won't. I for am. kids, for kids programming, I just think the, the bar needs to be just a little bit higher yeah. for, 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 you know, let's call it, whether you want to call it responsible content or, 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 or whatever it is. Um, 
almost as disturbing was watching uh, on our call Abby's dog behind her looking really anxious as she was having an argument with the nasty man. <laughs> oh, he's very protective. That's of all right. Me. Ziggy knows me and has witnessed many arguments between <laughs> Abby and I. <laughs> um, but the problem is, Tim. We are a generation of kids who grew up watching Agro's Cartoon Connection. Yeah. That was not sanitised. Yeah. We turned out yeah, okay. you turned out fine, yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh. I retract everything, Bluey, do whatever you want. <laughs> well, I suppose, though, but think back about those things that sank in. So I, you know, as I referred to earlier, grew up in the UK where, um, for me, it was a kids' programme set in a school called Grange Hill. Oh, I you remember know, I, Grange Hill. Well, I can still remember the episode where Zamo had a drug overdose and like you know that sort of the whole sort of just say no thing has sort of you know rippled down the years now i don't know if that was a positive or negative message but um but you know it, that stuff sticks with you when you get into television at an early age i 100% remember that? being a kid and seeing stuff like this and it really did affect me so it is not like it is not a stretch by any like it's just yeah i just I'm think not we should saying listen TV to the doesn't experts. affect you i just think of all the issues a dad wanting to lose a bit of weight to get healthy, to me, should have been normal. seen as a positive message, yeah. can I not also, this outrage that it's Can I become. leave you with a quote from, oh, I think this was the head of knowledge, research and policy at the Butterfly Foundation. I think it was her, it might have been someone else. Apologies if it was someone else. But she said, weight being used as an indicator of fitness or health is not only inaccurate but incredibly harmful. And I agree with that. There is zero nuance to that seen and it did not need to be there and them removing it has possibly saved a bunch of kids so go bluey if you're an amazon prime <laughs> subscriber get ready to fork out some extra cash streaming service will be raising its price for the first time in australia on may 24 for new subscribers and june 28 for existing members the subscription fee will rise by a whopping 42.9%. The monthly cost will go from $6.99 to $9.99 and the annual membership jumping from $59.99 <coughs> to $79.99. It will still remain cheaper than Netflix, Stan, Binge and Disney+. Plus. Oh, Robbo. Yeah, Jeff doesn't have enough money. Poor Jeff's doing it tough in this cost of living crisis. Um, we've all got to make changes, and that's what he's doing. Um, again, I, I think Amazon was right at six ninety nine, and I still think it's right at six ninety nine. I don't think it's worth more. I think Binge is, you know, up there. I think Netflix and obviously Stan are up there, but I, Amazon, I, I would pay seven dollars for it. I'm not going to pay nine ninety nine for it. It's just not at that stage. Uh, it, yeah, that's what I think. It's just not right. Although, there. do you realise by being an Amazon Prime subscriber, mm. you are a Prime member of Amazon? So when you shop on Amazon, you get free delivery, next day delivery. Mm. So, did you want to do a actually- website plug there now? Amazon.com. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. (laughs) Everything from A to Z. Um, Yeah. Well, also Amazon Music as well, you know, Mm. so you get a music streaming service too. And that's. Does that have everything though? No, no. um, Not not on the free tier. Um, So it will. it's a bit like the I don't know if you remember Pandora before that left yeah. Australia. So it's kind of like you'll you'll get the piece of music you ask for, but if you want the whole album, it's just going to give you stuff from the artist and similar artists. But as a you know as a, a included free with the wider package, then that's pretty powerful. And I think that's the thing is um what what's super interesting about Amazon though is it's just going into 
overdrive now. Uh, they're beginning to get that act together on delivery. They're beginning to roll out more products. So, of course, they can put the price up because they're giving people better value on the delivery side of things. So the, the TV side of it is almost coincidental. You know, the, the main game is retail. And that's the bit that having sneaked along for five years and not done very much, suddenly Amazon is exploding in Australia. You know, they're, you know, look back in a year's time and I think we'll all be surprised at how quickly it became, you know, the main player in the game. Well, because of my Amazon Prime subscription, I was shopping for something. It might have been soundproofing, sound baffles for audio baffling. And I literally ordered it and got it the following day, which was a Saturday. So it was one day delivery and it was free delivery. It's Amazon. And I was just like... That's worth the price of admission alone. Oh, it's just a fantastic business, isn't it? It's just wonderful. Con- I do think their content has also massively improved yeah. since they has first it? started. Yeah, I, I actually... Lux listing. Jesus Considering Christ. they're still significantly behind the price of the other streamers, I even though it is a really big jump and it's quite jarring, I actually think it's probably fair and I would continue to go with them. I sort of agree. And I watch it every day because I watch The Big Bang Theory as I go to sleep. Hmm. That that show will put you to sleep. That's true. That's exactly right. <laughs> hey, it's no thirty rocks. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get new jokes. Sorry, I couldn't resist. No, couldn't I love it. Well, Voz has finally arrived, but was the wait worth it? Virtual Australia is being touted as the new measurement system that measures all viewers rather than those just watching on a linear broadcast. So, what have we learned since the new report started dropping last Monday, Tim? Your thoughts? I know you spoke about this on the Unmade website. What do you think? Yeah, um, first thoughts was my, my immediate reaction is when you look at the overnight numbers from Vos, so this is the metro numbers, the regional numbers, as we always got used to, combined with uh, BVOD, broadcast video on demand, sort of in the first 24 hours, doesn't make much difference. And we actually have... A week or so to wait until the first kind of combined 30-day numbers start coming out. So we haven't yet got the whole picture. But the thing that really struck me was I I went back digging and I, I thought, well, how much has the TV sort of landscape changed over the last decade. So I I managed to find the same ratings for the same Sunday night exactly 10 years ago compared to the first night of Voz. Mm-hmm. And um let me tell you that the top show that night had a combined audience, and this was just Metro and Regional because there was no streaming then. It was the My Kitchen Rules winner episode, 4.3 million. Jesus. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. And then the uh, the big show that night, seven years, 1.4 million for this time round. Wow. So, um, so yeah, the, uh, the landscape has changed, however mm. you look at it. But it has. But we know that. I mean, um, there are more options. You know, um, people are going to streaming. This is not new information. Is it doing what the networks wanted, particularly seven, and giving the overall picture a boost? I think we'll have to wait and see what most of the numbers do after 30 days because that's been seven's big well that that's the thing but seven's argument is it well if you're an advertiser you do because you're spending your money on on reaching the people so that's that's seven's argument is that in the end they're the people who pay for it i i have a hunch though that for a lot of shows the uplift after 30 days won't be that 
grey. You know, I, one of the things I, I, I wrote about in Unmade was um, the example of Alone Australia, which had a huge uplift. So that's that's lifted its audience from a. It kind of had a metro audience on the first night, of the first episode of two hundred thousand, and now it's done one point two seven million of that first episode mm. just because of word of mouth. Because yeah, everyone and was that listening. is the exception to the rule, and that show has gone off for SBS. And you would expect a significant lift on something like uh, Married at First Sight. But for the swathe of reality shows we've got at the moment, I can't see those kind of figures. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's the ones that have got some talkability that, 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 that just sort of um, people go back to see what they've missed. Um, and I suppose just the other thing is there's this long tail now. You know, there's a there's a whole world of stuff out on, on BVOD or whatever where, you know, you might be one of a very few small number of people watching it, but, you know, all of those uh, those ads serve to all of the viewers add up. So, mm. you know, TV networks reach across the board is still, you know, not 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 too terrible overall, you know. They um, and the thing is, you know, you can you you can kind of um, slice it in so many um, so many ways. You know, they're the, the, the one of those numbers in in it, the, the the Voz includes is what the reach is for a week, just television in total. So they're still claiming to reach just over twenty million Australians in any given week. That's through broadcast TV and BVOD. And what's kind of interesting of that is about three million of them. Are are only watching their TV through through, through streaming, you know. So mm. habits are definitely changing. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. So it's all going to come down to content, and that's the big issue the networks face as we go forward. All right, let's open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Abby, <laughs> sorry, as I'm saying that, <laughs> Robbo's giving me the car. Have you, have you not had time to watch TV this week, Robbo? No, oh, it's God. been so busy. I've just had so much on, you know, and um, there's just not a lot to watch. There's not oh. a lot of options, you know. I, I wish we had more streaming services. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Robbo. Abby, what have you been watching? Um, so I, this week, have been watching MasterChef, which I love. My whole family loves this show. We watch every season. Um, obviously, this season has a tinge of sadness to it. Um, but as you spoke about at the beginning, like, they've done a really beautiful job. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. I just love what my dad and I were talking about is how it goes against so many other reality shows. There's no mean mm. judge. There's no villains. There's none of that. It's just really nice. And contestants are helping each other. And it's just, it's really, really nice. And like, you just come away feeling much better about the world. Um, and this weekend I watched Coda on Apple TV, or Apple plus, whatever it's called. I get confused. Um, I have been meaning to watch this for years and I'm sure a lot of you have, most of you have seen it or whatever, but um, amazing movie. I think they just did it so perfectly. I had like absolutely nothing I would improve about it. It wasn't too long. I was worried because it was an Oscar winner. Oscar winner movies are often like three hours long and I just can't sit through them. This was an hour 50, so really short and I just loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, Is that the deaf picture, Abby? Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know what it's about, it's um, a young girl who's the only hearing person in a family of deaf people. So she has her brother and her parents and it's just about what their life is like and her finding her independence. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's really, really good. Uh, Tim, what have you been watching? I've been going old school, actually, because 
I've been massively enjoying Succession, of course, as <laughs> everybody does. I haven't watched it. Does. Um, but there's only one. Neither. It's on my oh, list. Oh, well, you, you, you really must. I, I'm actually jealous of you from the fact that that still lies in front of you. But the, it's, it's the, the auteur of it is, you know, a lot of the writing and the kind of showrunner is a guy called Jesse Armstrong, who uh, back in the day created Peep Show. Really? So. I've been back and watching Peep Show from 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 start to end. So um, so yes, he he had quite the history. He was behind Peep Show, and then he was one of the writers on uh, the thick oh, of it. Yeah. If you remember that 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 the British Peter sitcom in its politics, and then he kind of took a took a bit of a correct. Yes, yes, as the 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 wonderful Malcolm sweary yes. Malcolm Tucker coined the phrase <laughs> omni shambles um, but yeah after that yeah Jesse Armstrong ended up heading off towards uh, towards the US and creating uh, after a few twists mm, and turns Succession which amazing. has just been Peep wonderful it's such a weird show I've only ever been able to watch two episodes of it because uh, for those who don't know you see from the point of view yeah. of people basically so you it cuts from one person to the other but not in a traditional sense like you're looking point from of view their point of view yeah, yeah. i uh, i, find I don't it like very it weird yeah i found it jarring because i find little clips are funny but then i can't get past the looking at the camera and looking straight at the point of view i, I, I can't watch it i find once you get just used to that because i suppose it's a different sort of grammar of tv making isn't it after not many episodes mm. it just fades into the background because you get you get used to it i suppose a bit like i remember for completely different reasons being unable to the first time i watched the office um only being able to get through about one episode just mm. feeling really? that cringe um and, and 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 when you watch it again you sort of know what's coming and it's it's fine you don't feel the same way but it's it's similar with peep show just because it's made slightly differently but of course you know david mitchell robert webb mm. two great very funny actors so there's so many uh so many great people in that show yeah it's a very good one uh my family and I have been watching Taskmaster UK. There's a new series dropping every week on Foxtel, and we are loving that. Like, we, we just, it's just one of those shows we watch as a family that we're addicted to. And who are the comedians in the new show? Ah, I'm glad you asked, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Um, so it's Frankie Boyle, Ivo Graham, Jenny Eclair. That was the name I was trying to think of, Jenny Eclair. Um, Kiel Smith Beyond. I don't know how to say that name. Oh, I like that. Beyond. Wee, wee, wee. And May Martin. So, Ray Martin. Um, say Ray uh, Martin? May Martin. Oh, I thought, I thought you said Ray Martin. That's May, fantastic. not Ray. <laughs> what a get. <laughs> but it's a really good series, but it's the kind of show we can honestly go back to series one, which we are also doing and watch from the start. So it, it's just brilliant. Um, I ended up finishing The Summit. Uh, Channel 9, which starts this Monday. I really, really like it. I'm looking forward to more episodes. They've done a great job with it. Cool. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Insert reaction there. Wow. Yeah, wow. Know. Okay. <laughs> right on, Rob. Thank you. Yes. And that brings us to the end of TV's Lagbox. What a weird episode. Uh, Abby Mickelson, you know I love you. Thank you so much. I love our little Barneys. You, you're, you're woke and you're broke. Oh. That's true. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I can't argue that. Uh, David, Robo Robinson, thank you for your company tonight. Thank you for having me. And Tim Burrows, you are welcome back anytime. We love Yay. your insights. Woo. 
You're, you're very kind, Rob, although when you discover that I, I realised uh, 23 minutes into the recording I hadn't pressed oh, record, shit, so I'm going to sound terrible <laughs> for the first 23 minutes. You, you might want to retract that offer How to come back. You said, I'll just make sure I'm recording. <laughs> You were first. Yeah, I did. I um, I, but when I looked at it, it wasn't oh, recorded. That can happen. So that can happen. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. No, that's all right. We'll go again. No. Hello and welcome <laughs> to TV Playfucks. I'm Rob McKnight. All right. Thank you, Tim. We do love you. And uh, unmade.com.au. Seriously, it's the only other Australian TV podcast I listen to or TV and media marketing related. It goes into different areas, but it is the only other one because I think the others in Australia are shit. So anyway. That's your promo. Uh, and speaking of, speaking of such things, don't forget, for all the television news and exclusives, go to tvblackbox.com.au. Uh, there are other good TV websites out there. I was just talking about podcasts. Uh, but tvblackbox.com.au is where people in the industry go to get their TV news. I'm Rob McKnight. I'm Rob McKnight, even. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Golf's attrition. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.